The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's getting close to ring season for your Kansas City Chiefs, and maybe it's getting close to ring season for you. I have friends that are getting close to needing an engagement ring, and I'm telling them to go see how Pollock the owner of Ruback Fine Jewelry. You set an appointment, you get Hal's full attention. He'll invite you in, sit you down, explain everything you might want to know about the jewelry buying process. Hal will tell you how their jewelry is made and will show you how much more you'll be able to get with him for the same price at a big box jewelry store. And there won't be any pressure to go beyond a price you're comfortable with. Ruback right now offers 20% off everything in their cases and it's only one time a year this is the last week for you to take advantage of that if you make an appointment online you can shop by facetime phone one-on-one in person uh ruback does a, a giveaway every holiday season typically they do it at a holiday party this year they decide to give away a diamond band and anyone who makes an appointment to shop for the holiday can be entered just mention the giveaway in your appointment if you want to learn more about Ruback and what to expect when you shop with him, go onto their Instagram and you'll find tons of people who had a phenomenal experience working with a company that's been serving Kansas City since 1908. Search for Ruback Fine Jewelry KC to get more firsthand experiences with a great local company. Set up your first appointment by going to ruback.co slash appointments or their link in the bio on their Instagram page. Let's talk about your 13-1 Kansas City Chiefs. Your Kansas City Chiefs advance to 13-1 against the New Orleans Saints. A big victory for your football team. A tough victory. Uh, certainly uh, didn't go without some some scars along the way, and we'll get to that in a minute. But 32-29, your Kansas City Chiefs win the football game on the road, 8-0 on the road. What a win for this football team, Maddie Lane. Yeah, guys, I, I'm just excited to be here. I, I brought my bat to this game. I'm ready to make this podcast <laughs> a street fight. Let's get this thing going. We need a bat gate 2020. I feel like that is the last thing this year needs right now to round it out. So I'm ready, Craig. I hope you're out here ready to bring the pain because that uh, that is what we have been told to do. Listen, anytime I hear about the New Orleans Saints, you know, maybe trying to bring the intensity up a level, I'm frankly terrified for my quarterback. So I'm more than happy to get out of this game without Patrick Mahomes getting injured. We got some other stuff to talk about, but this is arguably the Chiefs' 
biggest win this season. This was a massive victory against a team that, frankly, scheme-wise, was a very poor matchup. So the Chiefs coming in here into New Orleans and winning this game is a massive deal. I, I just, a great game for this team. I'm fired up, boys. I'm fired up for a lot of different reasons. This team advances to 13-1 and in a really tough, physical, dare I say, dirty game. Dare I say it? Dare you. We got a tweet before the game about how the, the Saints are, oh, they're, they, they put some funny words on it. It's Bounty 2.0. They're out there trying to hurt the Chiefs. If you can't beat them, hurt them. So what did the Saints do? The Saints tried. They tried to rough the Chiefs up. And they did some dirty stuff along the way. And guess what? It didn't matter. They were still down two touchdowns the majority of the game. The Chiefs still hung 32 points on them. I've never seen a defense with so much swag for being so bad. They were down 14 points and acting like they were they, they were up. Like they were shutting down a defense or an offense. You didn't do anything. You're walking around puffing your chest out. You're, the, only th- the only goal of the Saints, I'm convinced, it wasn't to win the game. It was to try to create attrition for the Chiefs. So that maybe it's maybe they make the Super Bowl, which doesn't look like it's going to happen, Drew Brees. But they were hoping to hurt some players along the way because maybe it'll be a little bit easier the second time. But it didn't matter. You still caught an L. You still gave up 32 points, and it didn't matter. Because your team has noodle arm Drew Brees, and ours has Patrick LeVon Mahomes, and I hope we get to see you in February. And I hope you're still talking as much as you are in February. So I... Don't think the Saints were particularly dirty outside of Cam <laughs> Jordan rightfully getting ejected for punching Andrew Wiley in the face. Ba- I'm I about do, to bat game you. <laughs> I do think we were dealing with a bat gate. Like, I do think the Saints came out. I do think they were trying to deliver big hits, talking a little extra junk, trying to get a little extra shove in here and there. But I don't think anything was dirty. I think they were just trying to go as far up to the limit to being annoying as possible. And they very much did that. So, like, good for them if that was their goal. I think it's a very bad look for that team to come out with that presser going into it. That being said, you can tell the Saints were up for this game. After every single player play, a defensive player or an offensive player made, they spent 15 seconds dancing on the field like they just won the Super Bowl. Like They were very into this game. They gave the Chiefs everything they had, and they were never close to winning. It was after halftime, the Chiefs never dropped back down to even close to 50% chance to win this game. I think the lowest they got in the second half was like 69% midway through the third quarter. Like they were in full control of this game for the entirety of it. It was never as close as the scoreboard looks at the end. It wasn't an easy game. It just was never close. And I think we've been talking about it a lot, or at least I have. The Chiefs are on a stretch of like seven straight one scored wins right now. This one kind of feels the best to me because at no point in time did I feel like the Saints were, one, going to win this game. Two, it felt like the biggest challenge to the Chiefs because of what we talked about beforehand with their defense and just the way their offense is structured. So they get their biggest challenger. They handle them with relative ease. And it's a game where the Saints had every single break go their way and cared. What's not to like if you're a Chiefs fan from that? Like, Every small break that could have been a 50-50 type play seemed to fall on the Saints' side, and they still lost. They still were never actually close to winning. I feel really good about a one-score win here. Yeah, like Maddie said, the defensive backs for the Saints were dancing after every single play that wasn't basically a 15-yard pass that the Chiefs have caught down the field. And frankly, 
outside of a handful of plays. It was mostly the chief pass rush that was doing the dirty work here, but those defensive backs really, you know, out there making sure that the chief's wide receivers that were running freely by them all game long (laughs) were letting them know. I I don't know. This game was a three-point game at the end of it. Frankly, there's a handful of plays that you can look at here. Tyron Matthew drops an interception, a play he wants back. That was a touchdown after that. Patrick Mahomes fumbles a ball and gives the defense a short field. The the Saints are able to come out and score off of that. There is a safety on a punt return with 20 seconds left to go in the game where Demarcus Robinson thought he could run through six dudes, put another two points on the board, and then Tyron Matthew, maybe misjudging a little bit. I don't know. We got to see the wide angle a little bit more, but maybe misjudging Drew Brees' arm strength a little bit that led to the first touchdown. I know that seems like a lot of excuses, but like those are four plays that if they even go 50-50 in the Chiefs' favor, all of a sudden, this game is not close. We're not talking about a close game. We're not talking about a one-score game, maybe not even a two-score game. This is just a... All the breaks, like Maddie said, went to the Saints, and the Chiefs were still in control. I wasn't ever really worried in this game. I, I thought the defense played pretty well. I thought my homes looked fantastic, and this was just a big-time statement win that is going to look a lot closer, but when you delve into the stats, it really wasn't that close. Yeah, this one did feel different than some of these other games that we've experienced as Chiefs fans recently where you know the Chiefs just let a, bad, you know, not, let a team hang around, not a bad team. Uh, this might be the best th- that the NFC has to offer. Actually, no, it can't be. This can't be the best that the NFC has to offer, right? I'm telling, like, I'm sorry. Like, this can't be it. I think the Chiefs played a B minus game, and there were some issues along this football team. Maybe a B, maybe a B. I think that I think the you know the offense showed up in spurs. The defense actually, I think, largely, I I came away pretty pretty excited about the defense moving forward uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, and we'll get to some of those statistics and some of the things to be positive about moving forward. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the Chiefs are very obviously a better football team than what the New Orleans Saints put out there today. Uh, and I don't think the Chiefs played their best. And it was some mental errors by this football team, some some things that, yeah, like Craig said, things go a little bit differently that maybe, maybe is a little bit more of a toss-up. This game is uglier. But the Chiefs win the game. And uh, we're up 10 with, you know, three minutes left, uh, which seems like a – evergreen statement but um yeah i think there's a lot to be excited about there and the one thing i think you got to be excited about this with is the best player in the world the mvp who had what who had aaron Rodgers touchdown passes and yardage from from saturday uh in the third quarter by the way uh against a much more inferior football team than the new orleans saints on the road uh at jacob morley uh but I, I thought, you know, Patrick LeVon Mahomes, the stat line looks a little uglier than I think the reality was for him. Uh, you, he goes uh, he, he goes 26 of 47 for 250 yard, four yards and three touchdowns, and it, it very easily could have looked a little bit different. could have looked a little bit better. Uh, I, you know, the completion percentage is down a lot, but, I mean, he made some absolutely remarkable plays this entire game that didn't count Maddie. I mean, yeah, I think you were talking about how the Chiefs were able to pull this one off, and it 100% has to do with Patrick Mahomes, who was phenomenal in just about every single way of this game. Yeah, the stat line doesn't look great when you're looking at completion percentage or even total yards, but you have to look at, I mean, he had at least five or six passes that he was throwing the ball as he got hit because the protection around him was not particularly great. 
he was dealing with a, quite a bit of, of adversity for him, especially in this game. The receivers didn't help him out early. The protection was incredibly bad. The Chiefs had negative two net passing yards in the second quarter. They went a whole quarter with negative passing yards, and he still was able to put up three touchdowns, 250 yards. Like His stat line, while good, doesn't even come close to describing how good he was in this game. Some of these throws that he was making versus a team that was playing with a light box, two deep safeties, playing all coverage, letting four pass rushers beat him up all day long was absolutely phenomenal. And you can even go look at what Le'Veon Bell said, like, the option play that he had set Le'Veon Bell up for the quote-unquote easiest rushing touchdown of his life because there was nothing left for him to do because of what Patrick Mahomes was able to do with first beating the defensive end, then getting every angle at him before finally pitching it. He played a nearly flawless football game. I think there's a blitz pickup that he missed on the sack fumble that he gave up. I do think he missed a blitz coming there. There was maybe a couple deep passes that weren't in the best location. But outside that, he played almost a perfect game. He just played against a really good defense that was the absolute worst matchup for him. They still scored 32 points. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was pulling things out that, I mean, it, we are spoiled. As Chiefs fans, you know, just taking even a step back from this game, we are ridiculously spoiled. We don't, we do deserve this, but we don't deserve the level of play that he has brought to the quarterback position as football fans. The stuff that he does is outlandish. It shouldn't be allowed. I tweeted out in the middle of the game. It's like that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely special like, this kid, he shouldn't be allowed to do a lot of the things that he does and makes them look so effortless. There was a drive where Patrick Mahomes threw from the opposite hash to the, you know, to the, to the sideline, and it looked like a throw that somebody would make bootlegging out to that side of the field. Like, it was just effortless with the placement, with the velocity, everything like that. These are plays that have now just been normalized to us as Chiefs fans with Patrick Mahomes as the quarterback. You just heap it on him, and he says, that's fine. I'll take all this on me, and I'll go out, and I'll perform at this ridiculously high level against this ridiculously good defense while I'm under pressure all game long, and I'm still going to show up, and I'm still going to throw for three touchdowns at 250 yards, something that we begged for you know, before Patrick Mahomes got here and then doesn't get credit at all for this awesome, you know, option play that he runs that springs what ends up being the game-winning touchdown. Just an absolutely phenomenal performance that if you're just looking through the numbers and panning through, it doesn't look like it. But with everything else out there, he was just absolutely awesome today. Still better than Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, I thought that I, I can't speak highly enough of that option play and i funny thing is is like he got to that second level and i was like he's gonna pitch this he's <laughs> gonna pitch this and then he did it and i was just like oh like what a foot like that doesn't happen like that just the guys don't have like guys don't do that very often i don't know how many second level pitches lamar's made frankly it's just an absolutely heady, heady play in the red zone and the chiefs didn't have to really mess around with 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 deep red zone in that situation because Patrick Mahomes made such a great decision. Um, surprisingly, the run game was very good this week against a very good run defense for the New Orleans Saints. One of the guys running the football, the, the, I think we, we saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire's best performance. 
uh, of the season. Sadly, uh, it looks like he might be hurt as well. Maddie, talk a little bit about Clyde. A great performance around the football, but also a, a sour note to end, and the, end the game and, and ho- hopefully not the season for him. Yeah, and I do want to say this and make it very clear. The Saints have a very good run defense, but they made this incredibly easy for the Chiefs to run the football. They were absolutely terrified of Patrick Mahomes and the passing offense. They played incredibly light boxes. They had guys bailing on every RPO look. They made it easy for the Chiefs to run the football, but that hasn't mattered so far this year. I mean, the rushing attack still hasn't been good in similar situations, so it was a nice performance from them. You think you saw Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, both of them were able to find some success. None of them had super long runs. I think the longest run for either guy was 16 yards. So they were just getting small chunks at a time. Clyde, Bell, didn't matter who, should, did a good job of being patient. They understood that they had the numbers and eventually there would be a crease that would open up. Both guys fought through contact that they got near the line of scrimmage. Everybody ran well. Now, it's it's sad. It's disappointing. We'll see what the final word is on Clyde Coming off of one of his top three games of the year, he looked like he had a pretty bad injury. He did not put any weight on his leg all the way back into the locker room. I know the x-rays are negative, but let's wait before we feel good about this because it really looked like a bad injury on the field when he was heading off. But this is why you signed Le'Veon Bell. You have a functional back out there still now. You have a guy that also played pretty well, that runs a similar style, can do all the same stuff that Clyde can Maybe not as explosive or as dynamic, but he can do the same thing. So you are at least set to not miss a beat, even if the performance isn't quite as good. Yeah, you you hope that Clyde is okay, first and foremost. Before we even get into the performance here, first and foremost, he that was the first time that he'd been home, been back to New Orleans since he left for the Chiefs. And then to end it on a sour note after having that kind of performance, it sucks a lot. I, you know... Clyde looked dynamic and open field. Like Maddie was saying, they were bailing off of everything, but that meant that there was more guys to be able to run the alley, collapse on him in the open field, and he made him look silly. He extended a bunch of plays. He did a lot in space. This is the Marshawn Lattimore. Yes. This is the all world cornerback. <laughs> this is the player that the Chiefs drafted. Like, this is the reason why everybody was so high because he was able to turn some of these three-yard gains into seven- and eight-yard gains. The Chiefs were constantly ahead of the sticks late in this game because of what Clyde was doing as a runner. And I know how people feel about running the ball and all of that, but Clyde made it work. Clyde was able to transform some of those down-and-distance situations that the Chiefs have struggled with at times this year into advantageous spots, and they allowed for more play action. They allowed for more stuff. You know, it, The Saints eventually had to start rotating the safety down into the box because the Chiefs were actually running the ball well. That You can't say that of like any team this year. Nobody did that outside of the Bucs, and we saw what happened in that game. So it, it was good to see Clyde there. I honestly hope that everything's okay, that he's not got this really catastrophic injury. I don't know if we'll see him again for the rest of the year, but hopefully he can recover from this and be the same type of player that we got to see today because this is a very interesting piece to this offense that I think they need. Everyone upset that the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell because he wasn't a linebacker. This is why they signed a guy like Le'Veon Bell. They have someone capable of handling a lot if Clyde Edwards-Alaire is to miss time. 
uh, you know, Clyde got got hurt. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got beat up pretty bad today, and uh, and it was it was kind of the story with the pass protection when it held up. Good things happened. When it didn't, sometimes it was on Patrick. I'm not gonna just completely absolve him, but when Patrick when pass protection didn't hold up, it was pretty ugly, Maddie. This pass protection was so bad. We already talked about it once. The Chiefs had negative two passing yards in a quarter. It wasn't because of Patrick Mahomes and the receivers. There was a chunk of time where the Chiefs literally could not drop back and throw the football in a functional capacity. It was after Eric Fisher's first sack that he gave up the Trey Hendrickson or the first big hit he gave up to Mahomes. They showed Mahomes walking off the field, talking to him, I'm sure offering words of encouragement. But from that point on, the Chiefs came out and they were running the football Everything they did in terms of a pass was off play action with an extra blocker or some help in there. They clearly changed their game from that point on, and it took them all the way until halftime into the third quarter to really get back to trying to throw the ball. Now, they adjusted well in the second half, but even then, there was multiple plays where the Chiefs' offensive line on every single level could not hold up. Stefan Wisniewski to start the game looked like a fish out of water. He had some of the worst reps, some of the worst interior offensive line play I've seen of a Chiefs player all year was Wisniewski in the first quarter. Then you got to Eric Fisher getting beat repeatedly by Trey Hendrickson. Andrew Wiley actually was equally as good at tackle as he is guard. A lot of good plays, a lot of bad plays, very inconsistent. It just, there was no cohesion from the whole group. Patrick Mahomes looked uncomfortable. He didn't help them out as much as he could have, but I mean, you can't blame him when you took some of the shots he did all game long. Yeah, one of the things that we said in the lead up to this game that frankly terrified us is the fact that the New Orleans Saints were absolutely fantastic rushing the passer and they could do it with three and four rushers and be ridiculously dangerous. That was definitely the case. Trey Hendrickson is full because he ate Eric Fisher's lunch an entire quarter. Just absolutely dominated him we we've seen Fisher struggle with rushers in the past and granted you know Eric Fisher was playing with a bad back barely practiced this week so hopefully that that's all that that was not trying to really slam Fisher here but he has struggled with guys that were long and had power in his past Trey Hendrickson just absolutely dominated him for repeated reps in a row against you know that's Patrick Mahomes's blind side like he had to bail from a lot of clean pockets because he didn't trust that he was going to get to the top of his drop. And if a receiver wasn't open, that he wasn't going to get immediately hit. So you saw a lot of scrambling, a lot of situations where he made it more difficult on the offensive line, but it stemmed from that excellent pass rush getting home. We were very worried about it going into this game. It almost cost the chiefs this one that, you know, that fumble that happened there made this game a lot tighter than it should have been, and Mahomes really struggled to get some stuff going, made things a lot closer than they actually were, and I mean, again, we we said it before the game, these are the types of teams with this kind of pass rush that are going to give the Chiefs trouble. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will talk about the defense right after this. Chiefs win 32-29 in New Orleans, and we just got done talking about the offense. Now it's time to talk about Craig's defense. And Craig, there are some reasons to be happy here. I am ecstatic about this defense. Obviously, there are flaws. We can get into those, and we will. But this defense, I I was very worried about how they were going to match up against an offense that's going to get the ball out quickly 
nullify any blitzing that Steve Spagnuolo was realistically going to be able to do and get it to a guy like Alvin Kamara in the flat to really damage him. But the Chiefs started really fast. We're going to get into how they defended Kamara here in a little bit. They only allowed 1.78 yards per play in the first quarter and an 89% defensive success rate. They forced the New Orleans Saints to have three possessions of three and out or three and an interception in the Legereus Sneed case there, and then followed it up to start the next in the second quarter with another three and out. Just a phenomenal start against an offense that frankly is the type of offense that gives the Chiefs defense fits because of their linebacker depth, because of the way that Steve Spagnuolo has to bring pressure. It was really good to see that this team was executing early and forcing Drew Brees to be uncomfortable because he was, and that made him inaccurate. And that's why the Chiefs were able to basically get the offense back on the field repeatedly there in that first quarter. The Chiefs' defense was extremely good out the gate. They had Drew Brees looking really rattled, both with the coverages coming out and with bringing some extra pressure. I wouldn't say the pass rush was particularly good, but it was enough to make Drew Brees think twice about where he was moving in the pocket. And then especially in that first half, for whatever reason, I mean, I understand they're dealing with some wide receiver injuries, but Drew Brees kept trying to challenge the one, the only Legereus Sneed, and it went very poorly for them over and over again. So, like, as long as that was happening, the Chiefs' defense looked great. Now, as the game went on, you started getting some, what really hurt the Chiefs with the kind of the big dynamic play, stuff that the Saints aren't really known for. They weren't really matriculating the ball down the field. They were terrible on third downs, I think 9% was their success rate on third down. The Chiefs defense was playing excellent. It's just they were giving up the big plays. And like Greg said, I think he's itching to get into how we defended uh, Alvin Kamara because he can't wait to talk about Ben Neiman. So let's uh, let's hear it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Ben Neiman. Although Ben Neiman did have to end up matched up against uh, the Chiefs defensive ends didn't get to just pin their beers back and really rush the passer because every time uh, Kamara would leak out into the flat early, you would see Frank Clark, Tano Passino, Alex Okafor get upfield, force him to widen, force him to take a longer path out into the flat and basically nullifying their pass rush, you know, making it a very, very late pass rush. But not allowing Alvin Kamara to get that kind of sprint, that full-on head of steam out into the flat. And it allowed the Chiefs linebackers to rotate over the top of him and take him away. Drew Brees was not comfortable throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara early because the Chiefs were chipping him. They were they were impeding his release into the flat. And the Saints were confounded by that, frankly. like that, It was very clear that they planned to come in give volume touches in the passing game to Alvin Kamara and the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo's approach to that really threw him for a loop. And that allowed guys like Ben Neiman to be able to rotate over the top and successfully take him away. Now it meant that the Chiefs pass rush was harmed because of it. But frankly, with Drew Brees playing the way that he was, they were more than happy to do that for the majority of the game because they knew you were going to have to force Drew Brees to throw into press coverage with the Chiefs cornerbacks were excellent against and make some tight window throws. And we all watched the game. We saw that Drew Brees was unable to do that. So that's a Big hat tip, taking away Alvin Kamara. He was the thing that I was most scared about for the Chiefs defense. And the great job by Spagnuolo taking him away, forcing that extra little beat there was was phenomenal. It, it really made the difference in the game early. 
I was saying, you just got to be really happy about what the Chiefs were able to do to, to kind of slow him down. He had 94 total yards of offense and a touchdown. That was really the result of, of it. About five yards of carry, three catches, 40 yards. One of them was that late touchdown score. Um, I, man, I, I think there was, there's a lot of real positives being able to contain him, Maddie. Yeah, and I don't want to dwell too much on it because we, we got a good chunk of Alvin Kamara talking here, but I kind of said this before the game started. When the Chiefs defense has to only defend like one aspect of an offense, they're actually pretty good. Like It makes sense. It sounds very obvious, but when you're not worried about the deep ball or you're not worried about the short game, the defense gets to really focus on one particular thing, they're pretty good. And I think you saw that in this game. The Chiefs were really good at stopping any of these little shallow in-breaking routes from slot receivers. Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, the tight end up the middle. Like They were able to stop all of this stuff that the Saints live on. What actually beat them were the thing the Saints have done very poorly this year. Some of the deeper plays. The deep play late in the game over Ben Neiman. Shocking. The deep play where Tyron Matthew kind of fell asleep. You know, things like that. So when this happens, I do think the Chiefs do a pretty good job. The issue is when you get Ben Neiman completely isolated in space because you can't focus solely on a running back out of the backfield. Thankfully, that wasn't this game, and we saw it. They played pretty well. They played, I think, great. And I, you know, I look at a couple of the couple of the drives. The the drive right out of the right, the drive right out of uh, out of the half. Really, just a lot of penalty yards. Drew Brees throwing it nowhere near a receiver in the pa- pass interference call uh, because of a severe underthrow, an embarrassing throw, frankly, by Drew Brees. Um, you know, a couple plays there really kind of assisted their drive. Honestly, I mean, like, yeah, that, that little dump off was actually a really good play by Drew Brees to the running back. Mm-hmm. Where I, I mean, how he found him there was actually probably his best play of the game. Was a play that had negative one air yards, <laughs> but it was it was it was actually a legitimately it was a great play. Um, I don't know if Craig, if we've talked about this yet. the The Saints were one of eleven on third down. Yeah, one of eleven on third down against a team that is pretty decent at converting third downs, and you know. Steve Spagnuolo goes to his dime defense regularly on third downs. That means that you've got Ben Neiman and Dan Sorensen in the box. It seems like it should be easy to get some open crossers, hitches, things like that, where those guys can't quite react. They're just not the type of athlete to be able to react to some of those plays quickly enough to disrupt them. But they were excellent. Steve Spagnuolo did a good job mixing in enough blitzing and Actually, the four-man rush did collapse the pocket enough times to where Drew Brees was uncomfortable. Like He was a little afraid of Frank Clark to start this game. Clark was in the backfield often to start this game. Obviously, it tapered off, but Steve Spagnuolo brought enough blitzes to make Drew Brees inaccurate, especially on third down. I think everybody remembers that Charverius Ward hit that really rattled him about midway through the third quarter on... Charverius Ward might be the best Chiefs DB blitzer that they've got now. He's just been great this season doing it. But Legarius Sneed would like a word, sir. Listen, blitzer. As much as I love those guys, Daniel Sorensen's still the best blitzer. Okay, you're probably right. Dan Sorensen is a really good blitzer. It's nice to have blitzers in the secondary that are this good. I mean, it really is (laughs) nice. But I mean, it meant that Drew Brees was uncomfortable every single drive even the drives that they moved the ball he was uncomfortable trying to throw it on third down the only third down that i can remember guys that they converted off the top of my head and i'm not i'm not staring at it right now 
is the long pass to Tyron Matthew. I believe that was on third down. I think that's the only one of the day that they converted, and it was on a quick pass. Like they they snapped it quickly, tried to get it down the field quickly. I just that that's amazing to think about. This Chiefs defense has been just okay on third down. They were phenomenal on third down today. Well, we mentioned it earlier, and I think this is the I mean, last little bit I have from the defense. We have to talk about the defensive player of the year, Legarius Sneed, <laughs> coming away with an interception three passes defensed, a sack, and a tackle for loss. He was everywhere this game. And yes, he gave up a touchdown at the end. He wasn't ready for the snap, and then he played it over his inside shoulder. You know, young play mistake, but up until that point, he was phenomenal. He was everywhere, and I said it. I understand that the Saints were missing some receivers, but the fact that they kept trying to throw the ball, and this is a Drew Brees, the Saints offense thing, to these slot receivers on in-breaking routes, Legarius Sneed was all over them. They couldn't do anything when they were trying to get the ball his way. I mean, he was making plays left and right versus the run, blitzing and coverage. Like, he had probably his worst game for the Chiefs last week. I mean, and it wasn't bad, but he definitely had a lot of learning moments last week versus the Dolphins. They got him a few times. He rebounded exceptionally well this week, playing probably his best game of the year. That interception he had, yeah, it was a double clutch, but it's because he had to take his eyes off the ball to find the sideline after making a great break on it. He was absolutely great. I really think you could make a push for him to be the defensive rookie of the year. As a, I mean, just because he's been so good when he has played, even though he missed times, don't think a defensive back will get there. But if he closes out the season as strong as he played this week, you can't rule it out. Because, I mean, he was the reason the defense was so good to start the game. All LeJarrius Sneed does is make plays on the football. And actually, we can cut the back, back end of that off. All LeJarrius Sneed does is make plays. My man is out here consistently. I'm, I'm telling you, he makes a legitimate play on the football that's a near interception every single week. And he's playing inside more, which is an extremely tough task. And one of the more difficult positions in the National Football League, a severely undervalued position inside for a cornerback. And he's doing just a ridiculously good job. You got to be so thrilled with what you've got out of him. And it's every week something good happens. Obviously, yeah, Matty wasn't great last week, but he still may not, he still almost had an interception last week. It's not an accident. Getting your hands on the football is not an accident. It's it's being a good football player. Positive ball skills. Positive ball Positive skills. Positive ball skills. Over over it's accounting and, and helping helping yeah. I'm not going there. All right. Final closing thoughts. Craig, what you got? This team is eight and O on the road, and they beat Five playoff teams that are currently there. The Ravens, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Saints, and the Bucks. That is a ridiculously tough schedule, and it would be more than five if the AFC West was worth a Those are the other three games that they won on the road. This team is battle-hardened. They go out. All they do is handle business, and I don't know that I can point to a single game this season against an opponent that isn't the Jets, basically, where I think that the Chiefs had played a complete game, a great game, you know, a game that is a whole game that encompasses what this team is capable of doing. You see glimpses throughout every single game, and I'm sure that's fine, or that's true of any team that's out there. But at some point, those teams do have enough of those low points where they end up dropping a lot of these games, these close games that come down to one score. The Chiefs haven't. 
They got one fluky win in the Raiders Super Bowl at home, but they've been battle-hardened, and they may not play another road game until the Super Bowl. This is going to be fun. I'm very excited to see this Chiefs team try and put it together. I think they're getting closer to doing so. Give a couple more bodies healthy, and let's see what this team can really do. I am coming away very, very, very excited about this team, even more so than I was about the Super Bowl team that we all expect to win it than I was before this week. So let's go. Boy, howdy. Craig's having to get the bleeper out because he's getting all fired up here. I love it. So, yeah, Chiefs, 8-0 on the road. I do no other team in the league is going to be able to pull, say that this year. The Chiefs have beaten so many playoff teams already this year. And, like, you can go on and on about one-score victories all you want with this team. I know that's going to be a hot topic this week. Are the Chiefs actually as good as we think they are with all these one-score wins? Very similar to the Green Bay Packers last year is what's going to be said. I tell you what, you go 8-0 on the road, you beat five playoff teams doing it. It doesn't matter if you're winning games by one score. You clearly deserve all the hype you're getting. You are also the reigning Super Bowl champion, the reigning world champions. Enjoy it, Chiefs fans. Like, your team's really good at football. You're going to the playoffs. You're going to most likely have the one seed all the way through. Have fun. Enjoy it the rest of the way. Who cares if you win by one score or multiple? You know this team can turn it on when they have to, hence how they've beaten five playoff teams on the road. I'm doing some quick statsing right now. Legereus Sneed's played nine games, and I believe right now he leads all rookies in interceptions. Unbelievable. Uh, real quick note before we get out of here. Levy on Bell on Clyde Edwards-Alaire's injury. It was an ugly way to get tackled, but he said his ankle felt good. Added about Clyde, he's in good spirits. We're wishing the best for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Hopefully he can continue to be part of this Super Bowl run that the Chiefs are on. They get one step closer uh, to to the ultimate hope of of getting that one seed. They really control their own destiny. Beat the Chargers, and they are the one seed. Everyone else, everyone in Kansas City gets a week, gets a bye. Oh, and the Super Bowl, uh, the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC would run through Arrowhead. It's close. It's close, fellas. We're getting there. That is going to do it for the AP Laboratory post-game show. Your Kansas City Chiefs beat the New Orleans Saints 32 one